Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from our New Nature series, which talks about what the fruit of the Spirit should look like in the daily life of the believer. We hope that this message will be a blessing to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. Well, Hebrews 11 is where we're at tonight, and we come back into our series, The New Nature. And this is uh, what we've been studying out, (coughs) excuse me, just studying out a series of the fruit of the Spirit or the characteristics of the Spirit and understanding that when, a, uh, when someone receives Jesus Christ as their Savior, when you and I put our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus, uh, that the old nature is dead. And that's something that's taught all through the book of Romans, especially Romans chapter number six. And we covered that a few weeks ago that once a person gets saved, we don't live with the old sin nature and the new nature. And two natures cannot coexist. And so we need to know that once we trust Christ, the old man is dead. The, uh, the sin nature is dead. What we live with is the flesh, the flesh that used to be controlled by sin nature, the flesh that used to be driven by sin nature. Now we have the Holy Spirit of God within us and we choose to submit our flesh to the control of the new nature or to fall back into that which was habit of being in that sinful nature. So there's, we have to get that in our minds. There's not two different natures in us. There's not a sin nature and a, a spiritual nature. No, there's either, we're either all sin, and that's unforgiven, not a child of God, or we're all saved, and that's forgiven, completely filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And the Bible tells us that at the moment of salvation, the Holy Spirit moves in. It's not this gradual process where you receive different, the Spirit in different steps. The Bible doesn't teach that. It's talking about uh, once you get saved, the Holy Spirit of God moves in. And uh, Paul wrote it, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. And so we just need to know that the characteristics then, the fruit that comes along with the Spirit of God, are the things that we've been looking at the last few weeks. You can go to Galatians 5. We won't do it for time's sake, but just give you those verses that we've been looking at. Galatians 5, where Paul wrote this, but the fruit of the Spirit, the characteristics of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. What we've been doing is we've just been kind of studying each of these out. Of course, the first to love and joy, uh, we studied with my dad, the Fountain Senior, uh, back at, right at the end of October. We got into that and studied out what love and joy were. Then as we got into the month of November, we studied out that word peace and understanding the peace that the Lord brings into our life, that through any storm, we can rest assured that he's in control. Then we looked a few weeks back <coughs> at the idea of macrothumia. Remember that, macrothumia? That's the word long-suffering. It means to be continually killed over and over without retaliation. The phrase long-suffering, we think it means just patience, but really it goes so much deeper than that. It's one who is willing to be... mistreated, if you will, and never get even. And we saw that in the Sermon on the Mount, didn't we? Where Jesus said, hey, listen, if, uh, if the Romans come to you and they say, go a mile with me, hey, you've got to do that. And uh, if they come to you and they say, give me your coat, give, him your, or give me your coat, give me your shirt as well. And that's that long-suffering spirit that just says, I'm not going to retaliate. Well, coupled with that is the next one of gentleness. The gentleness actually says, I'm going to return kindness for your evil to me. 
We found that in the phrase, if, they, if someone come and smites you, offer to them the other cheek. The phrase offer, it's saying, I'm not gonna retaliate. Instead, I give you permission to take that anger out on me. Now, we understand, uh, and we looked at this a couple weeks ago, uh, this has nothing to do, gentleness has nothing to do with being someone's doormat and uh, being in a, an abusive relationship. When someone would say, well, they abused me, the Bible says to turn the other cheek. No, that's not what Jesus meant at all. If that's taking place, legal, legal actions need to happen. And uh, I'll be the first, you can come tell me, I'll be the first one to call the police. Because that, we just need to understand that that's not what the Lord is talking about. He's not, a, he's not talking about some sort of physical abuse or something that's illegal or immoral. That's not what he's talking about. He's just saying, hey, there's going to be times in life when people take advantage of you and mistreat you. And instead of retaliating, instead, you are gentle and kind with them. And that's followed up with goodness. That's that phrase we looked at last week. The idea of goodness has to do, or not last week, two weeks ago, uh, the idea of goodness has to do with now I'm going to not only go along with their uh, mistreatment, just allow it to happen, long suffering, and look to be kind with them, but goodness says I'm going to go out of my way to be, to be kind to them. I'm going to look for ways to do good for them. Um, you think about a few of the verses that we looked at last week. I can think of Col or Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 10, uh, where Paul wrote this, As we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially them of the household of faith. Uh, Matthew five sixteen, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That goodness, that good spirit just follows uh, long-suffering and gentleness up and says, I'm going to look for opportunity to do good for others around me. I hope that you maybe looked for opportunity this last week. Well, tonight we come to the seventh fruit of the Spirit or the seventh characteristic of the Spirit, and that's one that's called faith. It's called faith. And as we... Uh, talk about faith tonight, I just want to help you understand and mention this right off the bat, that faith, the characteristic of faith, is of complete necessity for the life of a Christian. It's just of complete necessity. It's like there are some things that you do that uh, you, uh, you, you need to remember the tool that's involved. Like um, if you go hunting, Quinn, where are you at? Quinn, if you go hunting, what's probably the most important thing to take with you? A weapon. If you get out hunting, and Quinn uh, likes to go hunting and fishing, <coughs> if these guys get out hunting and you forget your gun, what are you going to do? Smack them to death? I'm going to use rocks. You're probably not very good at that one. And you're still going to need a weapon. If you go fishing, you're going to need a pole. I mean, I've, I've, except for catfishing. It's about the only thing you can do without a pole. Stick your arm down in there and they'll eat it. But you know what? You're going to need a pole. You think about playing sports. I mean, if you're going to go play basketball, someone would say, well, you need a hoop. No, you really don't need a hoop. You need a ball. You can play basketball with a trash can. But you can't, I mean, you need, you need a ball of some sort. You think about uh, going shopping. Ladies, what do you need? Your husband's credit card. Right? You don't want it to be on yours because then he's going to know who spent the money. And I'm just helping us understand that when there are certain things in life that we need a certain item, it's of necessity if we're going to accomplish the task at hand. Think about getting ready in the morning. You need a mirror. 
Now, some of you don't use it, and that's okay. It's your prerogative. Did you just snort, Mom? There it was. Uh, you know what? You need a mirror. I mean, there's just certain necessities in life. With life itself, there's necessities. I mean, in order to have life, we need water. You need food. We need shelter. We need air. Well, I just, I lay all that groundwork to help us understand that for the Christian, faith is that necessity. Faith is absolutely needed in every aspect of the Christian life. And don't take my word for it. This is actually what the scripture says. So let's stand together and let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11 tonight, we're gonna look again at the seventh characteristic, the seventh fruit of the Spirit, and see that it's absolutely necessary uh, for every part of our life, this thing of faith. And so Hebrews chapter 11, it's the hall of faith. Of course, I believe Hebrews was written by Paul. And as Paul is writing this, he's writing it to uh, many believing Hebrews that are just kind of questioning some things. And if you go and read the book of Hebrews, it's about how uh, Jesus is the new high priest and Jesus meets all of the uh, demands of the law and the book of Hebrews, very well written and uh, often very hard to understand. But Paul writing this, and he's written all of these great doctrinal truths. And then he comes to chapter number 11, which is referred to as the hall of faith. Because in chapter 11 are just people uh, that had faith in God and God blessed their faith. But I want you to see that right at the beginning of this, you know, you know chapter uh, 11, verse one, it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen, uh, for by it did the elders obtain a great report and uh, we understand all those things. But I want you to jump down to verse number six. Notice what Paul says in verse number six. He says these words, but without faith, it is, what's the next word? impossible to please him. For he, that, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I want you to read those first few words again with me and uh, just want you to think about this because this is a, a, it's a challenging thought. It really is a challenging thought. Notice what it says. Without faith, it is, read the next four words. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. What's that saying? Hey, faith is necessary for every single aspect of your Christian life. Tonight, I wanna take that verse, we're gonna dissect it a little bit and bring along other scriptures and principles taught in the word of God to help us understand this coming week, I need faith. What kind of faith? We'll talk about that tonight. Let's pray. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, why don't you take a moment and ask the Lord to just speak to your heart. And you pray something simple of God, please challenge my heart tonight. And then if you would, just make the commitment. God, as you speak to me, I'm listening and I'm gonna respond to you. Lord, thank you for the day. Thank you for being good to us. We pray right now that you would speak to our hearts. And um, Lord, I just, uh, again, humble my heart before you and recognize that I have absolutely nothing to offer except for what you give through me. Lord, please use me tonight. Please speak to us and help us to be challenged by your word. I do pray that if there's someone here tonight that does not know that heaven is where they would spend eternity, I pray that tonight be the night they nail that down. We love you. Thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You go ahead and be seated. <clears throat> As we come and understand that faith is necess- uh, a necessity for the Christian life, 
I want us to kind of understand why it is such a necessity. What aspects of our life is faith involved in? And we're going to look at some of these tonight. I want you to see, first of all, that faith is important because it's faith that saves. It's faith that saves. Uh, When you come to uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number six, there's a phrase in there that says, he that cometh to God. He that cometh to God. This has the connotation of going to God, of coming before God. And we need to know that I cannot come to God if I do not believe in God. You're not going to come to him if you don't believe in him. Well, here's the thought, that it's our faith in Jesus Christ that gives us a relationship with him. Did you know it's by faith that you're saved? That's Ephesians chapter two and verse number eight and nine. For by grace are you saved through what? faith. All right. So grace is on his part, God's part. Faith is on our part. Grace is God saying, I will forgive you if you come to me, if you come believing. It says, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's not anything we do. It's simply a belief in our heart. Now, I know you know that because many of you here tonight have a time in your life when you've confessed Jesus Christ as the Savior and put your faith completely in him. But faith is where it all begins. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is where it all begins. And what we need to see is that uh, that faith brings about salvation. It's it's, uh, the faith that brings about salvation is first a faith in the person of Jesus Christ. We're believing who Jesus is. I mean, you can't necessarily put your faith in Jesus if you don't believe he's the son of God. Uh, that's why, and listen, I, I get off a little bit of rabbit trail for just a minute. That's why many cults, listen, many cults and many religions out there that say, oh, we believe in Jesus, but you also need X, Y, and Z for that. They're not believing in the same Jesus we're believing in. They may call him Jesus, but listen, my Jesus finished the work on the cross. He said, it is finished. He said, it is done. He said, you do not have to do anything. It is nothing that you do that will earn my favor for you. It's all been done. So if I'm going to come to him, he that cometh to God, it says, must believe that he is. I can't come to God if, I, if there's no belief. So faith, it saves us. Yeah, I love it. By grace, you're saved through faith. Grace on his part, faith on my part. It's in the person of Jesus Christ. That's where my faith, that, that's who my faith is in. But the Bible also tells us that it's in the power of, we, we have faith in the power of Jesus Christ. Well, what's that talking about? And this is, again, a principle taught in scripture. We don't have time to go and elaborate on all of this. But I believe that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, was buried and rose again, he did that of his own power. He was God in the flesh. So I'm believing that he did that to prove to me that he is God. So when you, put your, when you did this, and maybe you were five years old or eight years old or 40 years old or, or uh, 70 years old when you came to know Christ as your Savior, what, you, what were you doing? <coughs> Excuse me, you were saying, I believe in the person of Jesus, that he is the Son of God, he is the Messiah, and I believe in the power of Jesus, that he has uh, the ability to forgive sin, that it's only through him that I can, that I can uh, have eternal life. It's only through him that I can have that relationship with God. And so why is faith so important, all right? Uh, uh, God, uh, or uh, we can go, go to Paul, Hebrews chapter 11, verse number six, all right? Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Well, we could say without faith, it's impossible to come to him. We'd agree with that. Man, faith, it saves us. For by grace are you saved. Grace is his part through faith. That's our part. 
All right, so there we have the idea that there's a faith that saves. And when you think about this, uh, the Bible says in, in Titus chapter three and verse number five, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but it's according to his mercy that he saves us. But that mercy is given to us when we go to him in faith. All right, so we're just looking tonight about faith, some thoughts about faith. Number one, it's faith that saves, all right? It's faith that saves. But for the Christian, it's not only faith that saves, but in the Christian life, it is faith that sees. It's faith that sees. I want you to see in our passage, when you look at this, <clears throat> the Bible says, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. He that cometh to God must believe that he is. Okay, here's this simple thought with this, that when you and I put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ at salvation, after salvation, it is by faith that we see God for who he is. It's by faith that we simply understand, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. All right, what does the word is mean? Well, the word is helps us understand some things. What, am I, what do I believe about God? Well, number one, uh, it's going to show me, I'm going to see that he is eternal. Okay, he's eternal. The verb is, is a, in the Greek language, it's called a, a, a present active uh, um, uh, indicative. And so what that means is simply that it's, it's a to be verb. It means there's no beginning and no, no end. So he is. He is what? He is. Uh, it's like in the Old Testament, and we covered this on our Thursday night's Names of God series at the beginning of the year. Uh, in the Old Testament, God was referred to, uh, uh, Moses says, hey, Lord, um, who do I tell them sent me? Anybody remember what he said? I am. You ever thought about that? Maybe you haven't. I sure have. This little itty-bitty brain just gets off on so much when I read the Bible sometimes. And I've thought about that. Here's this burning bush speaking to Moses, telling him what, first of all, burning bush in the middle of the desert, not consumed. Of course you would turn aside. You ever read that? There's a lot of rabbit trails tonight. But there's this, bur there's this bush burning. You're out tending sheep and you look over, fires are common. You look over, bush is burning. You look away. You look back 20 minutes later, same bush, still burning. Same branches, still on fire. Nothing's going down. I'm going, to turn, I'm going to turn aside and see this. And then the bush speaks to you. Take off your feet because the ground you're standing on is holy ground. Okay, after, okay, you take off your shoes, not your feet. That'd be a little difficult. Are you sure about this? Ah! <clears throat> Sorry. See, my brain just gets going on this stuff. It says take off your shoes. Okay, well, after you woke up from passing out, you would take off your shoes. Why? Because first of all, the bush isn't consumed. Now the bush is speaking to me. Okay, and then the bush tells you it's God and gives you an assignment. And Moses asks all these questions. And one of the questions is, well, who, who do I say sent me? Bush? I'm not talking about a president. I say, the bush sent me? What do I do? Says, no, you say I am. Okay. So now you go before Pharaoh. On whose power do you come? I am's power. 
Now, for you and I, we don't use this, the, the, these types of words anymore, this type of, of verbiage. But we have to understand that here's what God was saying. I am. You are what? Yes. I am holy. I am righteous. I am eternal. I am, you go to the book of Revelation, we talk about him being eternal. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. So when you understand this, when we look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse number six, um, I can't properly explain the name I am. Can you? No. Well, what's it take to believe that he is? Faith. I just take God at his word. You know what? It's faith that sees God for who he is. I see him first off as eternal. Like the psalmist said, uh, before the mountains were brought forth or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Thou art Jehovah God. Thou art I am. Okay, so uh, faith sees that God is eternal, but also faith sees that God is approachable. Okay, I approach God by faith. Uh, You can look and it says, he that cometh to God. Okay, number one, I'm not gonna come to him if I don't believe in him, but also I'm not gonna come to him if I don't think I can come to him. So if I'm going to believe, uh, if I'm gonna have my faith that sees God as he is, I'm gonna know that he, I'm gonna believe that he's eternal and then I'm also gonna believe I can approach him. There's another verse that teaches that, Hebrews chapter uh, um, four and verse number uh, 16. Let us come boldly before the throne of grace that we may, uh, um, and my brain just went blank. Look it up, Hebrews 4.16. But it says that we can come boldly before him. Well, how do we come boldly before him? Faith. He's approachable. Faith believes that he is. <clears throat> we'll come back to that thought in just a minute, but uh, when you look at the, uh, the, the words in Hebrews 11.6, it says that, That word cometh, that word cometh, it means to draw near or to approach. When you and I go before God, we're doing it because of our faith. Um, Think about praying, okay? And that's what we're looking at, this idea of approaching God. Oh, man, Lord, help me. When you and I... When you know someone, you're comfortable to approach them, right? Okay, let's talk about um, uh, uh, pets for just a second. We just got a dog, um, Roy. We got him back in May, and, uh, and his name is Roy, um, and uh, R-O-I for Jehovah Roi, and uh, because God provides, and there's a whole story behind that. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so we call him Roy. Okay, Roy, for the longest time, he was just the cutest little puppy and uh, just hyper. Now he's still a cute little puppy, but he's huge. (laughs) And he can, like, eat you. Um, He's still the friendliest dog, but I'll be walking him. And uh, we'll be walking around the neighborhood now. We moved into the new house, and we'll be walking him around the neighborhood. And the other night, I was walking Roy. And as I was walking, you know, and he's on the leash just going one, you know, one direction to the next and staying hyper, and uh, we're trying to train him a little bit. And all of a sudden, I see a fella coming down the sidewalk. Now, this is kind of our first interaction of us walking in the new neighborhood by somebody, and I'm like, great. Well, you know what Roy did is he stopped, and a characteristic came out that I have not, I've only seen maybe once or twice before. Roy was not aggressive, 
but he stopped, kind of drew up next to me and got in, the, in an aggressive position. And he started kind of growling a little bit. And he, he was barking, but it wasn't a mean bark. It was a warning bark. Like, hey, don't come near us. That, that's kind of what it was. And I, I remember, I, I was just kind of there. I was like, Roy, it's okay. Roy, don't worry about it. Roy, he's a friend. And as soon as I started speaking to him, you know what Roy started doing? Calming down. Loosen back up. Well, why do dogs do that? If dogs are not comfortable with a person, they're going to be, get aggressive with them. They're not, they're not going to approach them. It's the same with kids. Most kids, if they don't know somebody, they're not going. It's the same with adults. Most people, they'll say, well, I'm, I'm just an introvert by nature. What's that? I just don't talk to people. <laughs> well, why don't we talk to some? Because we don't know them. But if I, if I see Ray this week, I'm going to walk right up to him. Why? Because I know him. If I happen to stumble into Wendy's this week, <laughs> just by chance to get a Frosty. And Ray's working. You know the worker I'm going to go to and talk to for a second? It's going to be Ray. Well, right. Why? Because I know him. Okay, so here's this thought about being approachable. <clears throat> I hope you're staying with me. Are you still with me? Here's this thought about being approachable, that I have to get to know Ray if I'm going to feel comfortable approaching him. Okay, I have to get to know God if I'm going to be comfortable approaching him. Well, how do I get to know God? Faith. Faith to believe what his word says about him. So what does faith do? Faith helps me simply see God as he is. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. He is, he's eternal, but I can come to him, he's approachable. It's faith. Faith is what helps us in our, in our walk with the Lord. Uh, it's faith that sees. And so when we uh, see God for who he is, I'm focusing upon him. I'm obeying him. When I see him for who he is, I understand his authority in my life and the need to surrender to him. And there's so many different thoughts that when faith is active in my heart and in my walk with God, I'm going to see him for who he is and I'm going to approach him that way. By faith, we are saved. By faith, we see God for who he is. But we need to see also that it's faith that steps. It's faith that takes steps. Look at uh, Hebrews eleven six, 6, and notice what it says there. It says, he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And notice the next phrase, and that he is a rewarder of them that what? Diligently seek him. Okay, so what this is, if you look at it, this is, this is personal growth. This is personal growth. I, I must come to God. I come to him by faith, believing that he is, the, that I can approach him. But I'm also believing that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. This is that personal relationship of me growing in him. And how do I grow in him? Well, I seek him. Well, how do I seek him? Because of my faith. If I'm going to have a better relationship with God, I'm going to pursue him. I'm going to go after him. The word is diligently. The phrase diligently means to investigate, to scrutinize, to examine. I must diligently seek him. I must uh, examine. I must go after him. It's all, it's all about the uh, constants and consistency in the Christian life. And when you think about faith in this whole, in this whole matter, when you go to God... Through his word, 
You're saying, God, I believe your word. What I'm just simply getting at is that it, at the foundation of it all is faith. That, that would be one of the reasons why faith, without faith, it's impossible to please him. You think about seeking him. I mean, uh, the Bible has so much to say, this, to say about this, but seeking God happens in our relationship, and it happens because of faith. Faith says, God, I'm going to seek you, and God says, I'll reward that. <laughs> That's what the verse says. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The thought does not stop with believe that he is. It continues with the word and. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And so when I seek him by faith, God says, I'm going to reward that. I will reward you seeking me. I will reward you coming after me. Uh, this is telling us that God, you know what God does when you seek him? God responds. James said it this way, draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. It's a biblical principle. Man, something pretty awesome to think about this evening that uh, when you and I seek after God, God says, I'll draw close to you. Man, what a great thought that Jehovah, Jehovah God, God Almighty can uh, draw closer to us and that he said, I will be your friend and I will be a father unto you and you shall be my sons and daughters. Second Corinthians uh, um, chapter three, I think. When you look at it, he says, hey, I'm going to be, a I'm going to be an adopted father to you, Romans chapter eight. Okay, but how does that relationship grow? When I seek after him. It's faith that seeks or it's faith that takes steps of growth. You're not gonna grow. Listen, you are not gonna grow in your Christian life unless you take steps of growth. Well, how do I take steps of growth? By faith. It's gonna take faith for you to say, okay, God, you and your word said that if I get in your word, you'll help me be more like you. By faith, I'm accepting that principle and I'm getting in your word. That's a step of faith. Lord, in your word, it says that if I'm faithful to, to church, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of assembly, if I'm faithful to church, that through time, I will reap the benefits of being faithful to church. God, I'm gonna be faithful. What I, I just took a step of faith. Why? Because I believed him. Okay, how about this one? Giving. Man, there's testimonies. We heard Veronica's testimony and Quinn's testimony a few months ago when we were looking about, about giving. And what was the testimony? The testimony was, you know what? I was challenged in giving from the word of God. And through that, I took a step of faith and said, God, okay. I'll believe your word. And then what do you find is true? That he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Well, all of these things are parts of seeking him. And as I seek him, I'm only doing this by faith. And I'm not trying to just repeat myself tonight. I want us to understand that faith is a necessity. And there's people, they'll just say, well, I just don't have that type of faith. Wrong. Do we understand, and I said this to the couples class this morning, uh, that often in the Christian life, the reason we don't grow like we should is because we lie to ourselves. We just lie to ourselves. Well, that's, oh, man, that's their faith. They're a really strong Christian. I'm just not, I'm just not that strong. They really have a walk with God. I just, I just really don't have, have I, you know, I just, that's, that's just not me. Can I give you one simple thought tonight? If you miss everything, don't miss this. 
Faith in your Christian life is no one else's choice but yours. It is your choice. You choose to believe God and take steps of faith, or you choose to believe yourself and not take steps of faith. It's that simple. This is why Paul would write, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Man, you need it. Did you know that if you take, uh, uh, if you take steps of growth, don't miss this either. Uh, don't miss the next thought either. Um, if, you, if, you, if you take steps of growth and it's not in a spirit of faith, it's pointless. If, if you do anything, don't miss this. If you do anything in the Christian life out of guilt, intimidation, frustration, or just because, it's pointless. If you do any, listen, if you get up and you read the Bible just because you know your spouse is watching, pointless. Now, can God's word still work in you? Yes. Very true, God's word can still work in you. His word will not return void. That's a promise in Isaiah. But what we need to understand is that in the Christian life, if it's not done because of faith, God says, that doesn't please me. Now, God can still use it to accomplish something, but it's not pleasing to him. And I think in the Christian life, we take, I, know, I don't know where you are, but I know where I've been. I know there's times in my Christian life that I'm, I'm just trekking away for the Lord, just taking some steps and I'm witnessing and I'm doing some things and I'll look back at my motive and my motive was, well, someone was watching me. Well, I knew that I had to. Well, mom and dad. Well, my wife. Well, and that was the motive. Listen, if the motivator is not faith, God said, that's not pleasing to me. The motivator must be faith. But let me help us a little bit further. If the motivator's faith, do you know what helps the motivator? Love. Here's why. I trust people that I love. That's just the simple truth. In a relationship, in a marriage, there's often trust there, but that trust is built on love. It's built, on a, it's, built on a, it's built on love. It's built on a mutual love. It's the same thing with the Lord. And so we need to see that if I'm doing anything without love and without faith, I mean, God can still use it to accomplish some things, but it's not pleasing to him. Let's help us understand that tonight, that we need to see that faith, it's at the root of all of this. And faith and love, two most important things, I believe, in the Christian uh, uh, characteristics that we're seeing. So we just need to see this morning or this evening that faith, it saves us. Faith sees God for who he is. Uh, faith takes those steps of faith or seeks after God. But I want you to notice, lastly with me today, that it's faith that stays. It's faith that stays. This is simply just staying faithful to God through anything. You know what? Um, go back, if you would, in Hebrews. Just go back a few verses to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, <clears throat> these verses were our theme, I think, uh, 2016. Um, but if you go back to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 37, 
Uh, here's what Paul writes, for yet a little while, and he shall, he shall come, uh, he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Verse 38, watch this. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Um, I don't have time to preach that whole message, but when you look at Hebrews chapter 10, Paul is simply saying this, hey, once you receive Christ, and he's been through doing a ton of things, and Hebrews 10 in the middle of it, uh, he's just recapping so much doctrine about salvation and helping uh, them and us understand that when you receive Christ, things change in your life. One of the things that changed was written in the Old Testament, and it's the phrase that the just shall live or continue forward by faith. And I love verse 38 and 39 when he says this, we are not like them that draw back unto perdition. That means we are not like people who just fall back into their old life. No, 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 no. Listen, that's what religion does. Religion changes the outer and pretty soon a person just falls right back into their old life. Okay, but relationship with God, and this is what Paul is getting at, relationship with God, we are not like them that draw back to perdition. No, we are of them that believe to the saving of the soul. He's not saying you gotta keep believing to be saved. No, he's saying, hey, listen, belief is what started this and belief is what continues it. You start at faith, but then faith keeps you moving forward. Can I just help us with something that when you and I go through life, we're gonna have some trials and we're gonna have some situations and some scenarios that uh, do not go the way that we want them to go. You wanna know one of the only things that's going to help you stay consistent or constant during a time of trial? Faith. It's you believing my God is in control of this. It's you believing my God is bigger than anything that we may face. We're going through a little book called Indescribable with our kids uh, for our devotions, and we'll do, this, do the book maybe three or four nights a week. And uh, a couple nights ago, we were reading one about the uh, Hubble telescope and about the telescope that was invented in 1924 uh, by Mr. Hubble and all of these things that took place and him viewing all of the uh, gal known galaxy that we have and how there's so many other galaxies. And <coughs> excuse me, I'm turning the cough away from you and coughed in the microphone. <clears throat> uh, when you think about this, um, he, he was writing and he said, uh, what you and I need to understand is it's like God with the telescope is saying, hey, build a bigger telescope and I'll show you more amazing stuff. And you know now, we've been through the lessons, you know now that you can look and we can read about space. I mean, uh, how many of you are following the Mars landing that's been going on? Anybody, anybody been following that? If you don't know, we just landed on Mars and we have uh, 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 this uh, vehicle that's going about with video and doing all this stuff from Mars. Some incredible pictures that they're giving us from Mars. And you look at that and you know what's going to happen is all the scientists and people, they're looking to prove life outside of the earth and aliens and all this wonderful stuff. And uh, they're going to come back and they're going to they're be like, oh, it's more beautiful than we ever imagined. Oh, out in Mars, and they're starting to say all of these things. And I'm going to tell you that they're going to give some evidence that's, that's going to actually catch up to the Bible. They're going to say something that the Bible already says. It's like years ago, years ago, you know, they, they thought all these theories about, about uh, uh, the earth being flat. And you read scripture, and it's talking about the circle of the earth. And then they talk about uh, um, different things in, in the Word of God. My mind had a whole bunch of them, and they all just went blank. Uh, you, you look in the Word of God, and there's so many things. Oh, uh, the blood. Right? Remember George Washington? 
what they do to George Washington? To, they bled him, right? Because they thought, well, if we take all his blood out, put new blood in, it'll, he'll be fine. Well, what'd he do? He died. And then they figured doctor physicians were like, oh, this is an interesting thought. Maybe, just maybe, life is in the blood. Go read Leviticus 29. Here's what God said. Life is in the blood. And so finally, science caught up to the word of God. That's what's going to happen with Mars, right? They're going to look and something, and they'll just catch up to the word of God. You know what God's saying in all that? Well, duh. Hey, why don't you build a bigger telescope? I'll show you how amazing I am. Okay, do you believe that you serve an amazing God tonight? Man, yeah, we believe that. Man, I could go around. I can go to Brother Leo and say, Leo, you believe you serve an amazing God? He's saying, yeah, Miss Colleen, yeah. Brother Isaac, you believe? Jared, you believe? Yeah, oh, yeah. I believe I serve an amazing God. Well, why do they, what's that belief based upon? Faith. It's faith that just says, no, I believe it. Well, you know what's going to happen? Is some trial is going to come and rock your world. It happens, doesn't it, Veronica? But Craig, it happens. Overseas, it happens. Trials come and rock your world. And what are you going to have to do? You choose. You choose. Do I trust him? Or do I fall back into perdition? Do I go back to my old life? Oh, you're not going to lose your salvation. But you could take a step back. No, faith says I'm going to stay. Faith says I'm constant. Faith says I'm moving forward for him. So when you look at this passage, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number six, that without faith, it's impossible to please him. We need to understand that it's faith. It's faith that saves us. It's faith that sees God for who he is. It's faith that seeks after or steps after God. And it's faith that stays. That staying is living a life of total dependence upon God in every situation. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on thine own understanding. Listen, it's not uh, anything. It's not anything that keeps me close to the Lord except my faith. When you go to Hebrews 10, verse 38, we just read those words a second ago. It says, now the just shall live, shall make their life, shall continue in faith. All right, as a believer, one who is just, justified with God, my life is supposed to be grounded in faith because without it, notice this. Hebrews eleven six. 6, it doesn't say without faith, it is improbable to please God. Okay, improbable, what does that mean? It means there's still a slight possibility. <laughs> no, it doesn't say it's improbable to please God. It says it's impossible to please him. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You know, if I were to go around the room today and, and ask you if you, uh, if you want to please God this week, I think everybody in here would say yes. Say, Janet, do you? Yeah, Colleen, do you? Isaac, do you? Veronica, I'm, man, I'm picking on you guys a lot tonight. It's because you're close. Ray, I'll have to go to the back. Jason, do you? If we went around, if you went around, I believe that most people in here would say, you know what, pastor, this week I want to please him. I do. I hope that'd be your story. Man, I want to please the Lord. 
It's not going to happen this week unless there's some faith involved. So I close with this quote. It's not on the screen. You just got to listen and tune into it. Here's what it is. Living by faith is God speaks and I hear his word. I trust his word and I act upon his word. No matter the circumstances, uh, no matter what the circumstances are or what the consequences may be. The circumstances may be impossible and the consequences frightening and unknown. But because of faith, I obey God's word. But we we obey God's word just the same and believe him to do what is right and what is best. Listen, I wanna ask you this question. Going through the fruit of the spirit, here's this fruit of faith. Let me ask you, how's your faith? How's your faith? Number one, have you trusted him? Faith that saves. Are you sure if you die today, you're going to heaven? Listen, listen, if you're not, you need to settle that tonight. How's your saving faith? Number two, how's that faith that sees? What's your view of God been lately? Have you viewed him as eternal? Have you viewed him as as approachable? You say, man, pastor, my prayer life hasn't been the way it should be. It's probably because your view of him isn't what it should be. Faith in the Christian life helps me see him for who he is. Okay, how is your faith uh, that's seeking after him, the faith that's stepping? Are you taking steps of faith or are you taking steps by force? What's your walk like with the Lord? And then that last one, a faith that stays. I wonder what could come and hit your life this week that's just gonna rock it. What's gonna come and shake the core of who you are? Can I tell you, it may not be something major. Isn't it amazing how the devil uses the smallest little things? I mean, we think of a major thing that rocks our world of the death of a loved one or something like that. And does that rock the world? Yes. But you know what sometimes rocks the world? Is a short word from somebody or someone responding or something not going the way we thought it should. And we go like this, oh, God, if you were in control, then that person, and, and we kind of blame our situations on God. You know what faith says? Faith says, I'm gonna stay right here. I'm staying right here. Devil, you can throw what you may, but I'm staying right here. I wonder, this week, is that type of faith gonna be in your life? I'd like every head bowed and every eye closed tonight. And listen, I, I just hope that as we, as we listen to this message and these thoughts, I hope tonight that we would allow God to use this message to challenge us with our faith. Lord, help me this week. Help me to take steps of faith. God, help me this week. Help me to see you as you are. This time of invitation is just gonna be a time for us to respond to him. I'm gonna pray, and then if God's spoken to you, let's make decisions tonight. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.